Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, fellas? Welcome back to Commas Over Cold Brew with me, your host, Emma Abrahamson. Today we're talking to Vanessa Frazier again. She was on the podcast way back in 2020. Like, I can't believe that was almost two years ago now, but a lot has changed in her life. She just recently made a move away from Bowerman Track Club, and she just moved to San Francisco to work in the venture capital industry and also continue running being coached by Shalane Flanagan. So big updates from her. This episode gets really deep and talks about dealing with change and making like decisions and doing what's best for you in different situations. And it's honestly an episode I related to a lot. So I hope you guys enjoy it as well. Hey, Vanessa, welcome back to the podcast. It's been literally, I think it's been almost two years since you've been on. So a lot has changed in your life. Um, well, to get started, do you want to just give us a little bit of a rundown of who you are and what you're about? Sure. Yeah, I seriously can't believe it's been almost two years since I've been on the pod. It's been like a time warp almost, but um, I'm Vanessa Fraser. I was a part of the Bowerman Track Club for the last four years. And before that, ran track and cross country at Stanford from 2013 to 2018. I primarily run the 5K, have dabbled in the 10K, but haven't quite figured that out. <laughs> um, and I recently moved to San Francisco. I am still sponsored by Nike and being coached by Shalane Flanagan and like to kind of think of myself still as an honorary member of the Barman Track Club. So yeah, I'm about two months into my move to San Francisco now. Yeah, I'm very intrigued because we've not talked since you moved. I'm like, very intrigued to see, um, you know, all that's happened and stuff. So I guess my biggest question is why the move to San Francisco? <laughs> so it was completely unplanned, not something I was thinking about whatsoever. It, uh, I guess the opportunity came up in late spring with a message on LinkedIn, which as a professional runner, I'm not really checking my LinkedIn <laughs> very often. I don't, so I, yeah, <laughs> I'm connected with a few uh, pro runners on LinkedIn and it's like very, all of them are very outdated. It's always like they have their college LinkedIn exactly. profile. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, but I did have, you know, the fact that I was an athlete at Nike on my LinkedIn but other than that, like, yeah, I'm not going on it. I don't know why I was on it for some reason. 
and saw this message that came in from a recruiter about a job opportunity. And I kind of laughed at it because I was like, you know, I'm not looking for anything right now. I'm, I was pretty still like very focused on 2024, kind of thinking I was going to stay put at least through 2024. Cause of course that's how runners operate is always thinking about these Olympic cycles. Um, as and these- was, was your contract through 2024 too? Um, technically through 2023 with two option years. Okay. So I feel like for the most part, those option years are taken, um, to get through an Olympic year, but I was planning to stay there regardless. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't respond for like three weeks, but was kind of thinking about it more. So as just, Oh, I'm really curious to learn more. Cause it was a very vague message. And there was something in me that just was curious about it and thought if anything, this will be kind of an interesting thing to explore as maybe a connection I make for post running career um, it was in the venture capital industry, which is something I'd been interested in college, kind of being in the tech world in Silicon Valley and having some in- internships in the space. So there was a natural curiosity there. It wasn't totally random. It was like, it struck a chord with me a little bit. Was the message like personalized? Was it like, Hey, Vanessa, I saw your <laughs> profile or was it like a generic recruiting message? Um, it was personalized in the sense that, um, they were recruiting for a runner specifically Mm. uh, due to the fact that runners are known to be very disciplined. So there was a very specific filter, I guess, in the search. And I don't know if it came up because I had also already had some experience in the industry, which I feel like is almost totally irrelevant at this point being four years removed from school. (laughs) But I had that on there. So I like, I still don't know to this day, how I was found, it felt very, yeah, it felt very random, but at the same time was extremely targeted in the sense that um, this specific archetype was being searched for. And, um, and I guess I got lucky that um, they wanted a runner. (laughs) So yeah, so I took some calls about it and definitely was very intrigued, but still was like, yeah, you know, this isn't the right timing for me. Um, But there was always something deep down that kind of kept going through the steps of the process and kept me interested. And obviously that was strong enough to ultimately make me uh, decide to take the leap and take the opportunity. I think it's, it's very complicated. And there were so many factors that led into ultimately making the decision. I mean, it was extremely hard. I was probably for, I would say six weeks. Um, and mind you, this is like in the midst of altitude training leading into USA's, which is terrible timing. Um, you know, I'm, I'm having many a sleepless nights, the most colossal, like emotional breakdowns that you could imagine just being like, I literally don't know what to do. I was, I've never been so torn about a decision in my life. Cause I feel like all my life decisions up until this point have been kind of almost like designed for you. Like you're, you know, you want to go to college and that's a set amount of time. And after college, it's like, I knew I wanted to run. And then all of a sudden there's no set structure or timeline for any of your life decisions. 
and you realize it's all kind of on you to design <laughs> what you want that to look like and um and you know the the biggest driving force was that I think deep down I wasn't feeling fulfilled by my running in the way that I once was or that I wanted to feel fulfilled by it like the desire for it to be fully fulfilling was there but it wasn't actually doing that and that's like a really hard thing to recognize especially as driven you know as driven as we all are as runners you kind of just like have this mentality of I'm going to stay the course no matter what I'm going to trust the process no matter what and I'm just going to like stick it out until it eventually is gonna it's eventually gonna work out and the fruits of my labors will be recognized and realized and and the grind is going to be worth it because there are definitely days for everyone that it's like not glamorous it's not fun and um and it's a lot harder when you feel like you're kind of I got to a point where I felt like I was banging my head against the wall and not not really getting anywhere I just felt very very stuck um so that is a very like kind of long-winded explanation of how it all came about and obviously it's just like a very complicated deeply rooted <laughs> um emotional decision um but we'll see we'll yeah. see you know I, I mean think I think it's I feel like it's a realization that a lot of people come to at the end of I mean, end of the running careers were like a big change. You realize that you're in the situation that no longer serves you anymore, which, you know, from an outside, outsider's perspective, it should still be serving you in some way. Like, right. you know, you being at Bowerman when I was at Oregon, it's like, I felt guilty almost that I wasn't feeling like happy, mm-hmm. even though seemingly, you know, everything was going fine and whatever. And it's like, I had all the resources and everything, what it took to be the best. And I was running decent, whatever. But like in the back of my mind, I knew I like wasn't truly like fulfilled. Mm-hmm. And it's like a really emotional point to come to, to realize that like something needs to change for you to continue moving forward in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can only imagine, especially like, you know, you have contracts involved, you have money involved. Like you were literally running at the like highest level possible really. So I can imagine like how stressful that would be. Would was like Jerry in the know of this job interview process? Like were were people on your team, you know, they know that you were interviewing and stuff when you were at camp? <laughs> yeah, they were in the know. It was probably specifically talking to Jerry about it was probably the most terrified I've been to have a conversation because the reason why this is so complicated for me was that I was like so attached to this group of people that I worked with, trained with, loved working with my coaches, loved, you know, training with my teammates every day. And those relationships were kind of what was keeping me in it for as long as I was sticking it out through some really like difficult times of my actual running career itself was those people and those relationships with them. And that's what made the decision so hard is like deep down, I knew I needed to make a change personally, but um, kind of like letting go of seeing those people on a daily basis was really, really hard. And there's this feeling of like, you know, I remember so vividly the first time I ever talked to Jerry 
first on the phone the end of my fifth year and then the first time I met him in person and it's like we're sitting down talking about our vision for my career and all these big goals that we had for me and feeling like he bought in to that vision and believed in me and invested in me from that very day in June of 2018 and you know nearly four years later I'm feeling almost like I don't know I guess a part of me felt like I failed to reach those goals and expectations and I always point to you know there was one race where I felt like I lived up to those expectations when I ran 1448 indoors and aside from that I always felt like I was falling short of those goals and expectations and so when I talk about like that driven side of the athlete that just like wants to keep going, no matter what, no matter how challenging it is, no matter if you might not be very happy deep down, it's like feeling like I was on a team with Jerry and we were in this commitment together to see it through. And so I think that fear came from like, like I knew he, <laughs> I knew he wouldn't be upset because he cares about us as humans first and foremost and I knew that but it's almost like dang I feel like I'm letting him down in this commitment that we set out to you know see how good I could be and and try to make Olympic teams and you know all the biggest of goals that you could possibly have in the sport so um that was really scary but he was very understanding and um you know, those, those conversations that seem like they're going to be so scary before you have them end up actually like being so relieving to have and, um, and really help me to ultimately feel like I could move forward in the decision is by feeling like supported by those people. But yeah, I mean, my coaches were involved, my teammates were involved and in kind of knowing where I was at in this decision and this process and even, you know, some of my college coaches, I really reached out to a lot of people who knew me from different stages of my running career. And um, I feel like so lucky for their support in making me feel like I was making the right decision. Because um, I don't think I could have done it without feeling like I had their support. Like I almost needed, I needed that in order to realize like, what was the best move for me forward. Yeah. I mean, it's really hard when you have such like an emotional attachment to whatever yeah. you're doing. Like, it's not just a normal job. Like, this is your life. You've dedicated literally your entire life to your sport. And it's really hard to make changes, especially when you feel like, again, like you're training with the best. You've, you know, committed to this coach who's also committed to you. I'm, it's like so hard to make any sort of change when you know it's like best for you. But then it's also kind of hard to explain like why you're not feeling yeah. fulfilled, I guess. And, almost like going into these conversations, I feel like not speaking for you, but more speaking for me. Like, I feel like I had, um, you know, I was like so afraid, like the feeling of going into the conversations was so much worse than the conversation itself, because mm -hmm. I think you just expect the worst from the coach. Like you expect people or like your coach to be mad at you for some reason, but most people, I mean, if you're a good coach, you're going to understand that you need to like be mentally well and happy and fulfilled to run well. So I feel like most coaches will take it nicely there's I mean there's situations where that happens and they don't take it nicely but I feel like if you're running at the level that you're running at it's like how can they do anything else other than be understanding and your peers as well so right. support like means everything I feel like in that I don't know this like change stage of your life 
so when did this happen? When was the timeline of like you getting the job and then you deciding, okay, I'm moving? It was all right around USA's, um, which again was like terrible timing. <laughs> <laughs> but the job kind of needed an answer. And um, and I like in a perfect situation probably would have pushed the answer off till the the very end of the season like the end of the summer and a part of me wanted to see like well if I run really amazingly well this summer then I might be more compelled to stay where I'm at and if I don't run well and and have a disappointing season then I might be more compelled to take the job and I really had to make the decision regardless of what my race results were, which I think was a great thing because it shouldn't be dependent on the results. Mm-hmm. And I really wanted it to be because there is also this feeling of like the results are going to dictate my happiness if I make you know a world team or if I run a PR, I'm going to feel happier and feel like I'm on the right track. And you shouldn't make decisions based off of that. But at the same time, I really do believe as much as we want to separate the process from our results, like I do believe they're closely connected. And if you're not having results that you're happy with, you're going to view your process with a different lens. And if you are having results that are like making you very excited, even though that excited feeling is fleeting and will not last forever. And you're going to be on to the next, you know, the next big goal within a few weeks, at least for a short period of time, that excitement, you kind of um, view the process with a different lens. You're like, yeah, like I am on the right track and, you know, this is worth pursuing to me and it's really hard to sep- completely separate the results from the process um and I was just so frustrated with my results like that is that is one of the things that I kept going back to when I was having those conversations with my coaches and um with Nike too that's another conversation that was really ter- terrifying to yeah. have that surprised me and how supportive they were was like I didn't come to Bowerman to be mediocre. And at the end of the day, like my results to me are reflecting mediocrity. And I just am not okay with that. <laughs> and I think that's like a hard thing to to admit almost because um, we are so trained to be like, enjoy the process, process oriented. But I think there's some truth to it. and um, And so- all of that is to say I had to make the decision without having the results from my season driving that, which was a good thing because it made me really look inside and be like, what do I actually want with my life? Like, what do I, um, what do I need moving forward to feel more fulfilled? So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it was a tough timeline, very emotional time. Ultimately I had, you know, one, I would say really solid race in June and then, kind of crash and burned, which was a theme that I was experiencing really since I had surgery in 2020, where I would see these like really exciting peaks of fitness. And then within weeks of that really promising peak, a complete colossal crash and burn. And I, I can think of like multiple different cycles where this was happening. And that was super frustrating because I'd have this glimpse and glimmer of 
hope and feeling like the athlete that I felt pre-surgery and then it would just be gone like out of my hand in the most fleeting of you know days and um you know there's just so many complicated factors obviously to running and to your body that aren't fully in your control but you know ultimately it probably came from the fact that I was just riding this very fine line of um you know, pushing myself to my absolute limits. And when you're doing that, some people are more susceptible than others, but I think I'm very susceptible to like crossing over that line of, of working too hard, essentially, um, especially in the environment of Bowerman when <laughs> you are literally surrounded by the absolute best, which has so many benefits, right? But um, I guess the one downside is that it can lead you to pushing yourself sometimes a little too far past your limits. Um, that's obviously a very frustrating space to be in because it's really hard to climb out of that hole once you dip down into it. Yeah. And I'm sure it's hard to be around other people where, you know, you feel like maybe they're even doing more and they're not pushing past their limits, you know? Yeah. 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 And then, I mean, that's also like the other emotional difficulty of it is these are, you know, some of my best friends and I spend day in and day out with them, living with them at altitude, training with them every day. We kind of have these shared goals of being great together. And it was this very similar experience at the trials and at USA's this year where I feel like, you know, left out of the success and in a way I did play a role in their success and I celebrate their success as if it were with my own but at the same time you feel so left out of it like gosh I just want to be up there you know crossing the finish line with them celebrating um being great together <laughs> and that FOMO hits really hard <laughs> yeah especially if you feel like you know if everything's going right in the process and the results not mm -hmm. happening, like mm -hmm. you said that it's hard to separate both. I think it's impossible to celebrate, uh, to separate both. I think mm -hmm. ideally, of course, you would want to like not focus on the result at all. Everyone has these like big goals of, you know, winning NCAAs, professional running, making teams, whatever. But, you know, if the process is going super well, but you're never getting that end result, you're like, I don't know, that would ruin all of your confidence because especially when it comes to professional running, the end result is like more money, mm -hmm. uh, like, you know, actual titles and stuff. I feel like there's just so much more on the line when it comes to those like final results that if you're never getting them, you are just going to feel so bad about yourself time yeah. after time after time, especially if you feel like the process is going well. It's going to be way harder to enjoy the process when you're getting nothing out of it, seemingly, right. I guess, except for feeling guilty and you know, longing to be somewhere else that you're not. Um, totally. Yeah. So I, I, I can't even imagine like running at the professional level like that, because I think it's easier if you're a younger runner to separate the results from the process, even like in college, I feel like there's so many different meets and so many things that you can focus on, but especially when money come like comes in the picture, I feel like it just plays such a different role that a lot of people don't understand, including me. I mean, I don't know. So I can just like imagine what that feels like. But now, I guess, I mean, after making the change, how are you feeling about everything? You obviously decided that like your running career isn't over and you still want to pursue it, which, you know, a lot of people, they leave situations and maybe they just decide running's not for me. 
whatever, <laughs> blah, 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 I'm done. I'm going to go like work a nine to five, do whatever. But I guess what was your decision like to continue running? And then how is it now? I felt like there's something in me where I was like, I'm not totally done. I've seen these glimmers of hope, especially in training. And I had this big breakthrough race before I had surgery two and a half years ago. Um, I had kind of another little mini breakthrough when I ran 1505 this summer that made me feel like I was getting close to that, you know, peak fitness again. And that was just enough to make me feel like, you know, that is still inside of me somewhere. And it's this just deep desire to find that again and to just see what I can do in the sport still. But I had gotten to a point where I wanted that so bad. I needed that validation so bad that I was gripping onto it too tightly to the point where like the more time that passed by without like really seeing that, the more anxious and stressed I was getting because it's like this sunk cost fallacy where years are passing by and you're keeping track of how long it's been since you felt that way or you know how long it's been since you set out this goal for yourself and you still haven't reached it and like the more time that passed you know the more that anxiety snowballs and I realized like that's obviously no way to reach your goals um and by gripping onto it so tightly, I was doing myself a disservice and like, obviously not putting myself in the best mental headspace. And so I kind of recognized this job opportunity as not only something that, um, you know, I had an interest in, it wasn't completely random. It's something that I've always been really curious about. And that was always eating away in the back of my head of, I don't know how many years I'm going to be fully focused on professional running. And the more that those years go by, the more that I'm kind of like ignoring this other desire and interest of mine. And on the one hand, your professional running career has a timeline and you can't do it forever. So the idea is that you almost focus on that as long as you can. And that other stuff will always be there waiting for you because there's not really a timeline on on other things. Um, but at the same time, that desire was strong enough to where um, it was it was making this timeline feel more stressful to me. And I realized I'm like, who's to say that I can't keep running and also explore this other desire? And who's to say that like that means my professional running career is over that that means I might not go back to focusing on it full time again one day in a few years I mean I definitely think kind of some of the women in the professional running scene doing things their own way and on their own timeline and you look at a story like Kira who left the sport for many years and came back and is finding her second wave and I have no idea what that's going to look like to me, but I had this realization of like, oh, my journey and relationship with professional running can be fluid. And I'm very kind of open to where that fluidness takes me, whether I wake up tomorrow and go, you know, F this, I'm so done. I don't want to do, I don't want to do this ever again. Or, um, you know, in two years, I have this kind of 
new wave and new coming in the sport. And I decide I want to go all in again and, you know, go knocking on Jerry's door and see if he'll take me back (laughs) under his week. I mean, I'm very, very just open-minded about where the running, the running side of my journey will take me. Um, and that this could either be, you know, a, a complete detour or just a little side detour of, of needing to do something differently, kind of my own way on my own terms and be in a place where I now don't feel like pressure or stressed or any sort of timeline of like, I need to achieve this goal by this year or else, you know, I'm going to be not in a financially great place or else I'm going to, you know, be wasting away my life pursuing something that I'm failing at almost. (laughs) So it just creates a way for me to explore running completely on my own terms because I do feel like I have unfinished business, but now I feel like a peace and a calmness about that pursuit because I have something else that I'm interested in that's fulfilling me regardless of how my running goes. Brief little intermission here to talk about one of my favorite sponsors of the podcast, Koros. You guys know if you watch any of my content, whether that be Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, I am always rocking my Koros Pace 2. Specifically, the beautiful blue steel color. I also have a white one, but the blue steel, I don't know, it speaks to me. I've gotten a lot of compliments on the beautiful color. I recommend the Koros Pace 2 GPS watch to anyone. Seriously, if you're looking to get into GPS watches or you need a new one, the Koros Pace 2 is seriously the way to go. Specifically because of the battery life, the battery life is incredible. I'm about to go to Portland this week and I'm not even gonna bring my charger with me. I'm gonna charge it on up before I go and I guarantee I won't even have to charge it until I get back like five days later because the battery life is so good. Especially compared to other GPS watches, which I've worn a lot of other ones and I always had to charge it like every night, but the Coros Pace 2 is different. The battery life is incredible. It's also super easy to use. It has a bunch of different activity settings. So like indoor running, track running, biking, indoor biking, pool swim, open water, rowing. Like it has so many different activities. It even has like a triathlon setting and it also has a heart rate monitor because I know a lot of people were asking about that. The watch is also super easy to use and very beginner friendly. So all you have to do is press two buttons and then you're basically off and running and the app connects super easily to Strava. It's very seamless. And right now they're giving combos over cold brew listeners a great deal. Just go to coros.com and use code cold brew for a free accessory with a watch purchase. All you have to do is add the accessory to the cart, like a band charger or a piece of apparel before checking out. And then you apply the code cold brew to get that accessory for free. That's coros.com and use code cold brew for that free accessory. Now let's get back into today's episode with Vanessa. Did you ever feel, I don't know if guilty is the right word, but I don't know, maybe guilty um, for like taking a different path, you know, because like ideally, of course, everyone from an outsider's perspective, they see these people running in college, then going pro and staying on the same team for years and then retire or like having great success and then retiring. But obviously, like you said, people have different paths, whatever. Um, Did you ever feel, I guess, I don't know if guilty is the right word, but for taking your own path or like detouring at all or. I guess, like, how did you overcome those feelings of just doing something different than, I guess, the standard way that people yeah. do it, I guess? No, totally. I know what you're saying. Um, I mean, I would say there's almost an element of guilt, like I said, when I first talked to Jerry and Shalane and Pascal about it, where I felt like I was abandoning this commitment that we had set out on together and diverting from that path of 
of the Bowerman way. Um, and so there was a guilty kind of a guilty element of me there. But at the same time, I realized that it would be a disservice to them and to myself to continue on the way things were if I wasn't feeling, you know, totally happy. <laughs> and so I realized there was no, there's no way around that. Like it would be much better to make a change as opposed to continuing to fake it out, um, you know, in the current situation. So I guess just realizing that the alternative is almost worse. Mm -hmm. um, and at first I actually thought that like, maybe this meant my running career was over in a way, or like my competitive running career was over. Cause I thought, Oh, I don't know if Nike will support me and it'll obviously be like a lot harder if I don't like, I didn't know that Shalane would coach me. Like, I just didn't know what my support was going to look like and, and just how I would emotionally feel about the sport. So there was a part of me that almost felt like I had to let go of my idea of being a professional runner for a minute. And then I was just so surprised by um, Shalane was the one who offered to continue to work with me. And Nike was the one who, before I even asked for it, said, we want to continue to support you. We think this is awesome. And because of their support, that helped me feel empowered to say, yeah, you know what, I do still have goals and I do want to keep chasing them and and I'm going to do it my own way. And then it was kind of, it was kind of exciting. And I think, um, I guess I just hope that regardless of how it turns out, that it can be just an example for anybody who feels like they might be stuck and think that they need to do things a certain way, but don't feel like it's the right thing for them, that it's okay to divert from that traditional path. Um, but at the same time, I don't want to like discredit how, you know, the majority of professional runners do things of being very focused on something. And there's a lot of value to that too, of being almost singularly focused on something. I just think it's, it's so individual and it's so different to not only like different personalities, different styles, but also just kind of like where you are in your career. And everybody hits these different like ebbs and flows of their career at different times and different stages and hitting kind of plateaus or peaks. And um, so I guess it's, I don't, I didn't want to feel like um, I was promoting that, like my way of doing it differently. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think anyone, I don't think anyone's thinking that. I think <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, obviously it just depends on the personality. And like you said, the, where you're at in your career. It's so funny though, like from an outsider's perspective, it probably just looks so straightforward, but there's yeah. so much more because it's literally just running. It's like you do, you go run, right. you go to practice, then you race a couple of times. But there's like so much more that goes into it, especially mentally right? Um, running at that level. So I can't even imagine. What does yeah. your life look like now though? Like bouncing work and running. How is that? It's... um pretty manageable so far actually I mean it's I'm still so early it's like I've been here for two months which is enough to sort of have a sense of my routine but at the same time I kind of feel like I've just blacked out the last two months like, there's <laughs> so much change all at once that I'm in this whirlwind vortex of like I don't really know what's happening but um as far as my daily routine it's actually been really manageable I go into an office on average about two days a week, but I don't have to be in, you know, 
super early, like maybe by 9.45. Um, so I am running quite a bit earlier than I used to. You know, normally we're meeting for practice at like 9 or 9.30 in the morning and I'm doing a lot of my training at 7 a.m. now. But seven isn't that bad when you think about like how many people in the normal population <laughs> run at like five or six even. It always makes me feel like a little weenie when I like complain oh. about going to run for like, I run at 7.30. I'm like, this is so early. I'm like, I am literally am a wuss. I see people yeah. on Strava getting up at literally 5.45 and going for a run. I was like- Exactly. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, everybody else is doing it. It's very different for me, but there's also something really fun about doing a run early in the day and then having the whole rest of the day where you just kind of feel like you just feel good. Like you, yeah, you feel, feel good, accomplished. So accomplished. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I was a little bit worried that I was going to feel really exhausted because I would feel so tired all the time, just from training by itself, where I was like, how am I going to do it? Where I have to run earlier in the day and then, you know, be focused all day at times in an office, even I'm going to be so tired. I'm just going to want to like lay on the floor and take a nap because that's how exhausted I would feel most days training full time. And interesting thing that I've realized is I've so far almost felt more energized than I did before, which has made me realize, and I've talked to Shalane a little bit about this too. Um, and that's one of the things I love about being coached by Shalane is as I've been navigating all these feelings and emotions, she's just been able to relate to them so much because of her own career. And it's funny because sometimes I'm like, how does she relate to my feelings of struggling and being mediocre? Cause she was always killing it and so great. <laughs> but, um, you know, I think we have that image of Shalane having this perfect career, but she absolutely had times of of struggle and, um, and can really relate to a lot of the feelings I've had. And so we've had some interesting conversations about this and, and her take was that, and I completely agree, was that maybe part of the issue was that I was almost a little bit mentally bored. And I don't want to like, mentally depressed, like, like there just wasn't enough stimulation going on in my mind that it made me feel maybe sometimes more tired than I actually was. And by having some stimulation <laughs> going on during my day, I have felt so much more energy. Um, that's very and valid. And it's weird to put, it's like weird to say out loud. Cause I feel like I, that's just like odd. You would think that if you are a professional runner and you just have to run all day, that you would have so much energy, but I completely agree. I mean, when I was running at Oregon, like Oregon was not the hardest school in the world. It was quite um, easy, I would say. And my whole entire brain all day was thinking about running. And I think I would have done a little bit better if I had more stimulation in my day or like something else to think about, you know, mm -hmm. like even when I started my YouTube channel, my going into my senior year, whatever, I just felt so much happier and like so much more energized throughout the day because I was focused on something else other than just like the training and everything. So I, completely like understand that point of view though it sounds a little bit irrational when you say it out loud right. and it right. might not make sense to people but like I understand completely totally. yeah. yeah and that's not to say that like resting isn't really important and no but there's a balance you know yeah. yeah and I also think it's really interesting um we've talked about how like both Grant and Courtney 
have been doing online grad school programs in the last couple of years and just seeing how during those times that they were doing their online grad school, they both had some like extreme levels of success and breakthroughs. And I'm not like attributing it to that, but I- (laughs) Because they study hard. Yeah. (laughs) I've seen that really help them and everyone's different, but like for them too, I think that that has definitely like played a role in helping give them some stimulation and, you know, time not thinking about running and it energizes you in a different way. Yeah. And again, I think a lot of people are different. I think it just depends on the personality types. Yeah, for sure. Has your training changed a lot or is it kind of still similar since you're, I mean, you're still being coached by Shalane. Yeah, it is a bit different. Um, We are focused on the 5k in New York um, in less than two weeks now. And so we have tailored the training a little bit more toward getting ready for that road 5k and then maybe some other stuff on the road later in the winter. So it's been different than like the typical base fall training that we did or that I did at Bowerman, but I really like the training because it's different than what I was doing before yet has, you know, enough similarities and familiarity that it's obviously not like a complete change but it's enough change where it's kind of freshening some things up. And I have this tangible goal of an upcoming race and yeah, it's been really fun. And also just running in a different location and environment has been invigorating for my running. (laughs) No Uh, more loops around Hollister. No more loops (laughs) around Hollister, which I'm, I'm glad for their sake too, that, that, um, that they're not doing that anymore either. <laughs> oh, yeah. don't worry. They'll have their fair share of uh, pre-loops, you know, so they'll be fine. The monotonous, yeah. monotony of pre will be on their calendars now, so. <laughs> it's, it's good to mix things up though and just be somewhere completely new. Yeah. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Do you have like people to train with or is it just solo? Yeah, I have a mix. Um, There's a great group of runners in San Francisco. That was another like kind of draw that I knew the Bay Area running community was pretty strong. And there's some women who are training to hit the OTQ in the marathon in December. So they're super legit. And, uh, and then I've done some workouts with Dana Giordano, who's, um, in the area and have some old, uh, college teammates, guys and girls both in the area. And it's the kind of thing where it's obviously not a structured setup where you're working out together every session, but it's enough to feel like I have help when I really need it for a key session or when things align, we can jump in together and, that helps a lot but I also have been enjoying doing some workouts on my own and now that I have my Garmin music set up I'll literally like work out (laughs) music which is life-changing and just being in tune with my body and 
not having to compare myself to anyone else is like a huge, huge game changer, both for my confidence, but also just keeping things within myself and not going too hard. Because again, I think my goal for this year of training is obviously I want to put in good work and I have goals, but sometimes doing that, as everybody knows, it's not always about working harder. It's about working smarter. And I think being able to work smarter will be um, hopefully a little bit easier now that I'm going to be kind of only comparing myself to my own my own stuff so yeah I feel like that will be like revolutionary almost it's so hard to focus on yourself when you're in your own body and like listening to yourself when you're literally surrounded by everyone else yeah like it's no offense to everyone else you know I feel like everyone's in the same position like how are you gonna slow down on a temper run when someone is right next to you you're not going to you know so yeah yeah, I feel like you'll just be able to get in tune with your body a lot more even on easy days too yeah just feeling like, oh, I'm going to run eight minute pace because that's what I feel like doing today. But yeah. I'm not going to do that if my whole, like my whole team is running seven minute pace and we're having a conversation. And I obviously like, don't want to be the loner who drops off the bat. It's <laughs> <laughs> so relatable. That's like me all of college. Just me saying, I'm dropping myself. See you guys later. Bye. But then half the group drops with me. So, you know. That's always good when you can loop in some slow friends. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, it, you know, doing it by yourself, it, you don't even have to deal with that. It just relieves yeah. all the guilt of everything. Really? So, yeah. Really. Mm-hmm. So what are like your main goals, I guess, for the next, you know, year or so? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't have, I really don't, I really don't have any specific goals as of right now. Like I said, I think the way I'm viewing this whole transition and I guess this next year of running is just very open and very fluid, like just seeing all potential possibilities and kind of being okay with that. And mostly just wanting to get into a new routine and enjoy training and feel good again and feel like myself again and enjoy racing and just kind of like get to that baseline point. Um, I still like, I really want to be competitive at a national level. Um, I mean, I'd love to be competitive at an international level, but first you have to be competitive at a national level. So (laughs) we'll start with that goal, but you know, just feeling like I'm in the mix. Like I think the disappointing thing about the last two U S championships on the track was like, I was so out of the mix in the 5k finals and you know, whether you're making a team or not, being in the mix is kind of the first step. And I really believed that I could be in the mix. And I think I had, you know, back a background and stats that would say I'm capable of being in the mix. So um, it's, it's very deflating to feel like you're just completely off the back of the train. Obviously um, everybody probably knows that feeling and it's not fun. Um, so maybe I guess the goal would be to just like get myself in the mix, but to do that, I have to be healthy and feeling good and, and um, not, not overworking myself. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like getting into the mix, you know, that's been repeated a lot. I feel like once you do that though, then the ball just like starts getting rolling and it's a lot easier to, once you're in the mix, 
yeah you see yourself making the team and everything but it's like yeah. yeah if you're not even in the mix you know from a mile in how are you like where do you even go from there so I mean good for you for like making the changes that you need to get there and I feel like you know, it's a very mature decision. It's a very hard decision to make. And I can't imagine what the last couple of months has looked like for you. But I really appreciate you opening up and like being honest because I feel like a lot of people can relate to this on whatever level. I mean, I know I can. I'm obviously not running at a level like you are, but you know, making changes in your in my life, like even yeah, beyond running, I feel like it's just a hard time to navigate like your mid-20s. Um, okay. a lot of big things are happening. So I appreciate you, you know, sharing your story and being so honest. I think a lot of people can relate. Yeah, no, I hope so. And I mean, I really do think, I think most people after college feel some sense of, um, I guess, directionlessness at times because there's just no more structure anymore. I mean, unless you choose like a very set path of becoming a doctor and you have all this school still lined up and it's very like clear what your next moves are going to be I mean there's just like there's no guidebook for it and it is just a very interesting time of life when you're just you're just on the loose out in the (laughs) wild (laughs) especially like you said earlier when it's like everything has been set for you Mm. I don't know your entire life like going through college and everything especially when running is involved because like running gets you through college Mm -hmm. and then beyond college for you and everything it's just very hard to navigate at what what life looks like after running I guess right and then balancing both for you um I'm sure is another challenge that I don't have because I'm very washed up but <laughs> I just like I don't know I love hearing people's stories because I relate to it on some level and I'm sure a lot of other people do too but my last question for you today is I don't know why that sounds so formal <laughs> my last question for you do you have advice to your like your future self you know, because a lot of the time I ask people their advice for their younger self, um, because I have a lot of young listeners, but for you, you know, what do you want your future self to remember right now, I guess? Um, well, my hope is that, you know, currently right now, there's a mo the majority of myself feels like I'm on the path that I'm supposed to be on and I'm very I feel very good about it and I am happy with where I'm at and I'm feeling this new freshness in my approach to running but just kind of my life in general um but of course there's like parts of me that are doubting Mm -hmm. there's always going to be doubts creeping in of oh my gosh what am I doing you know as far as like the work side of things I don't know what I'm doing. I'm, you know, it's so new to me Mm -hmm. and it's so scary. I'm so out of my element. I'm sure so many athletes who, you know, are making a full transition into whatever work world they're in or even, you know, non-athletes, anybody kind of in their first quote unquote job or whatever they're doing, there's this sense of, um, you know, complete, naivete about what's going on um so I guess my future self I'm hoping will look back on this time and and have a lot of clarity of like oh this is why I went down this path and and it was all worth it because it led me to here and you know every step that you take leads you to your eventual future self so that I hope that my future self will look back and say 
this is why this all happened the way that it did. And I'm going to take that into all of my future decisions and actions with the faith that like it all makes sense one day and just kind of like I guess having that blind faith of moving forward on the path that you're on even though you have no idea where it's going to lead you like I just feel a complete blindness about what my future in running holds I feel a complete blindness about what my future in this new career that I'm pursuing holds because it's just all so new um and to just kind of like be comfortable with that blindness and have faith like even though you just I really don't see much ahead of me other than like you know endless possibilities <laughs> yeah no I love that I mean and what is the other option you know staying put that's no right. fun so you right. might as well just charge into the fog of what the future looks like so doubting everything and retracting into a hole I don't think that's an option so. yeah, it doesn't sound very fun either it doesn't sound very fulfilling so <laughs> might as well just you know throw something into the fire um, yeah yeah see what see what sticks yeah exactly okay well where can people follow you at to you know follow along this journey of yours um instagram at nessa fraser and uh yeah i don't really use any other social media i think well this is like a whole nother can of worms but um i am so curious you know from your perspective because you are so good with your content and and really being authentic in it and it's something that I struggle with at times and I feel like a lot of pro runners struggle with at times is um like it's so easy to get in this trap of posting and portraying the perfect image and sometimes I'm like I don't even I just like don't know what to post sometimes like I don't know what the people want to see and the algorithm is weird and it throws you off. And I'm like, did, did people not like this or was this an algorithm thing? And what do people really want to see? And I really want my social media to be authentic, but I also want it to be, I guess, helpful. Like I want it there to be a purpose behind these things. Like I want this to be providing value to somebody, not just like portraying a perfect image. Anyway, that's a like very long <laughs> No, I mean, I that's a very valid point because I'm stream, but <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of, uh, yeah, like you said, pro runners, I think a lot of people struggle with that because a lot of the time people just do want to see, you know, the positive aspects and like the results and everything. But I think people just like authenticity and how I go about it. I mean, I'm not perfect. I'm the same way. I like, I've kind of been having a little bit of an identity crisis and motivation kind of crisis because I feel like I don't really know what my purpose is right now, um, posting and everything. So, you know, even from an outsider's perspective, maybe it seems like I'm crushing it, I'm killing it, but even like I'm going through it, I feel like right now. Um, But I think people just really like authenticity. Like even having this podcast with you, I feel like people, I I know people are going to like it because it's you just being real and showing the struggles and like obviously people want to see you succeed as well but I think people just like seeing the whole picture Mm -hmm. um not saying that you need to go to the extent of like sharing everything like I think I do too much a little bit of that but I think just you know being honest is like the biggest thing and I think I mean with this journey I feel like you've done a good job um yeah not that that's really giving you any answers and I'm not a guru but I just like seeing people being authentic yeah just sharing more of whatever it is yeah I know from my perspective I'm curious of just like 
balancing the job and training and everything because I can't imagine living in San Francisco working and running um so I'd be curious just to see it all but maybe I'll do like a little day in the life or something like that yeah you should like day in the life real type of yeah type of deal but then also like Instagram is like really weird with the algorithm right now so I don't know <laughs> can't read into it too much <laughs> no exactly um and your first your next race is uh the what is it New York Abitash the finish New York Roadrunners 5k I think it's technically um U.S. Road 5k championships but it'll be so fun to be out there during the marathon because I've never been to a major marathon before and New York's obviously iconic and um and I think there's going to be so many athletes there who like aren't running the marathon but it'll be kind of a fun um yeah just like a fun community event obviously so I feel like it's a fun race and a fun weekend I feel like that'll be a very good way to just throw yourself back into it you know yeah yeah exactly so and just get a checkpoint for my fitness and training like there's really zero pressure this time of year but just kind of rip it and see see how it goes (laughs) yeah exactly rip it down the streets of New York love it (laughs) um all right well thank you so much for coming on sharing where you're at and everything i appreciate it i know i related a lot um i'm sure other people did but to close out the episode can we get a good old peace out fellas (laughs) peace out fellas (laughs) thank you all so much for listening to this episode of commas over cold brew with vanessa i hope you guys enjoyed it i forgot honestly i was even recording a podcast because i feel like i was just having a genuine conversation with Vanessa. It was an episode I really resonated with and I'm sure a lot of people, especially if you're, you know, transitioning away from running or into a new chapter of running, I'm sure a lot of people can relate. So I hope you guys enjoyed it. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Pod if you want to be up to date on the latest episodes and submit listener questions. And if you rate and review on Apple Podcasts, I will love you forever or Spotify. I think you can review on Spotify now. That would mean the world to me. As you guys know, it helps me out a lot and it's a free way to support the podcast. Thank you all so much and I will catch you all next week. Peace out, fellas. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.